0: Thank you. What's up, everybody? You're listening to a very special episode of NoCo Cinema here on WGM+. We are your guide to cinema here in the city of Chicago and all around the world. I'm Tom Hush, and this is just kind of a little bit of a mini-sode here to talk a little bit about uh, the Chicago Critics Film Festival that I've been attending for the last couple of days. Now, this goes on all week. And uh, started on May 4th. And it's going to be going until Thursday, May 10th. Tons of screenings that you can go to. All very reasonably priced. Um, and you don't need to have a festival pass to actually go. You can just purchase those tickets online at the musicboxtheater.com Or you can go to the box office and purchase your tickets there. It's very open. And uh, at the screenings that I went to, there were tons and tons of people just there to enjoy the festival itself. Along with many members of the Chicago Film Critics Association. Um, as you might remember from our last episode, we had uh, Eric Childress, who is the executive secretary of the Chicago Film Critics Association. He's He was there, as well as uh, Brian Tallarico, who's also part of the board, uh, introducing a lot of the screenings. Um, I just wanted to touch on two very specific screenings that I went to that I really, really enjoyed and um, were really a fantastic kind of representation of what this Festival is all about. So I'll start off with opening night. Uh, It was Friday, May 4th. It was fantastic. Uh, Such a great energy in the air, especially with the whole festival being held at the Music Box Theater over on Southport. One of my favorite, favorite, favorite theaters in the world. Um, Really the classic movie palace sort of experience and um it's always a treat to be in there and that we they even had the uh, organist playing as well and uh it really felt like a proper i don't know cinematic experience uh one that very rarely people get to have but um Being so lucky as to live in Chicago and have somewhere like the music box, it was really fantastic to be able to go to a screening there. Uh, The film that I saw, the opening film for the film festival, was a fantastic piece called Fast Color. Uh, It's a feature-length, rated PG-13, for anybody who's uh, curious. Um, It's directed by Julia Hart, written by Julia Hart and her husband, Jordan Horowitz, and uh, he also serves as the producer. Jordan Horowitz is the producer. You may recognize that name as uh, being one of the producers of La La Land, which is a movie that uh, some people are a little bit on the fence about. Personally, I really love La La Land. I think you have to respect at least the production value of La La Land and uh, Jordan Horowitz was part of that. And it stars Gugu Mbatha-Raw who you probably have seen in things like A Wrinkle in Time. Um, She also appeared as kind of one of the main characters in The Cloverfield Paradox which was uh, picked up by Netflix and was a whole thing around Super Bowl time. Uh, And she's a really fantastic Actress and really great in most of her roles, even though when it comes to things like maybe the Cloverfield Paradox, wasn't super sold on. But her specifically, she is really great, and it's really great to see her in this film. So just to give you a little bit of an idea about what this movie is about, uh, I'll just go straight up with the IMDb description. A woman is forced to go on the run when her superhuman abilities are discovered. Years after having abandoned her family, the only place she has left to hide is... Is home. Now, the superhuman abilities thing has caused this movie to kind of get a little bit of an indie superhero movie sort of descriptor, or at least that's how people like to sell it a little bit. And um, the superhuman abilities part is. Relevant, very much so to the story, but uh, that really doesn't do the movie justice. Uh, I guess I'll just describe a little bit from my perspective how the movie really is. The world that uh, these characters inhabit is our own. Um, In the not-so-near future, it has basically stopped raining. Uh, Water is uh, scarce, and the price is going up, and uh, basically... People are just struggling to survive on top of this. We follow Gugu Mbatha Ra's character named Ruth. And she has these kind of violent superhuman abilities. Uh, essentially she has what she calls seizures that cause mass destruction. In a sense, they cause like these earthquakes and, uh, it's very dangerous to her, very dangerous to the people around her. Um, We often see her tying herself up. Uh, She has frequently these kind of... Wounds on her wrists from tying herself up and the violent shaking that her body uh, goes under during these episodes. Um, one thing sort of leads to another and she is on the run from the government who want to harness this power and she runs back home, a place that she abandoned a long time ago to be with her mother and her daughter. Uh, just to touch on her mother and her daughter uh, they are fantastically portrayed by Lorraine Toussaint, who plays her grandmother, or pardon me, her mother named Bo, and then Sinaya Sidney, who plays her daughter, Lila. Uh, one of the best parts of this movie, apart from the very original take on this superhuman abilities sort of thing, is the raw amount of, I guess, female energy, or at least female presence uh, in this movie, Um these three main characters, this family is all women of color and they just totally feel like a family on the screen. Um, they have their own issues with one another. They have their own pr- that problems with uh, kind of understanding their abilities and even understanding their own history. Uh, one of the really interesting parts of this movie is there is a, a book that kind of chronicles her family's... Um, history i guess with these abilities and it goes back generations and generations but it's generations and generations of women of color kind of dealing with not only being special but also being ostracized from society or having to ostracize themselves from society for being special and uh not only you know could this be read as an analogy to being people of color which uh is obvious but is really worked you know it makes total sense but also um it's a little bit of that uh, you know to give a pop culture reference it's that x-men vibe uh where people with special abilities instead of being celebrated or people who are different instead of being celebrated are feared so i find that to be a really great part of this movie um and just like I said, the performances are all there. Gugu mbatha Ra is always fantastic. I particularly love Lorraine Tisant uh, as her mother. Um, she just brings this very wise presence. Um, it seems like she really, really, really inhabited the role very well. It was um, so great to see her interactions with uh, her daughter, Um, but also you get these really great moments where Bo, the mother, the, the matriarch of the whole family kind of doesn't know what to do. And, um, she has to battle her own demons and she's forced to be strong. She's been living with these abilities. I think she says 53 years and, um, she's very much a realist and she understands that the world is a dangerous place and, uh, she wants to protect her daughter and her granddaughter from this yet she to she totally understands that she won't be able to do it forever especially because they are such strong-willed people um i really loved sydney as lila the youngest of the three women um when it comes to child actors you know i think i won't i'm not alone in saying that it can be hit or miss uh, but Sonia Sidney is clearly, clearly a very mature uh, young actor. And she really understood the gravity of the role. And she knew how to take this sort of family dynamic seriously. And um, she doesn't play this as some sort of like willy nilly superhero movie. She understands that this is kind of a subversion of a lot of those things. Uh, speaking of subversion, is the interesting thing being uh, in this movie you know when we think of movies about people with superhuman abilities there's going to be this kind of like wanton destruction uh, as we see in things like Man of Steel or even all of the Marvel movies something's going to get absolutely obliterated and there is a fair amount of destruction in this but it's not celebrated in a sense it's not considered part of the like you know superhero thing it is um, feared and it's considered counterproductive um especially when these powers as we come to learn have sort of a different purpose i don't know if i want to go too much into it because i want folks to find out themselves about what this movie is all about but uh the destruction is bad it is something that they are trying to avoid uh gugu mbatha as ruth is running from this destruction it's considered a bad thing and she wants to get away from it it's not glorified as you know collateral just collateral damage um it is the antithesis of the movie we want to avoid destruction because the world is already destroyed enough uh but it is a, a very very competently directed piece of cinema uh really julia hart and um her husband jordan horowitz really crafted a very interesting take on this type of movie uh and no less it is fronted by three women of color that really inhabit their roles and do a lot of justice to um this movie i think towards the end things um they try to wrap things up kind of quickly. Uh, I will say it's, you know, it's an hour and 40 minutes, but they, we spend a lot of time in the meat of the relationships really as Ruth kind of tries to reconnect with herself and reconnect with her family, which is really what we want. Um, It's not a plot heavy movie. It's really about the characters, but I really enjoyed it. Um, Hopefully it's going to get a wider release very soon, but um, I would definitely suggest keeping an eye on Fast Color, directed by Julia Hart, written by Julia Hart and Jordan Horowitz, and starring Gugu Mbatha-Raw. Because I think with this kind of peak superhero place that we're in, uh, this is a, a nice breath of fresh air. It's uh, you know I don't want to if I don't want to sound cynical. It's not going to change your life, but it is going to give you a nice character-driven relief from things like now that we are uh post infinity war like we've really seen it all when it comes to that style of superhero movie so these smaller independent pieces that don't focus so much on the superhuman abilities part and have to make do with you know smaller use of special effects so that you focus on the characters the superhuman part of it is kind of ancillary it's you know it's it's part of the plot it's part of the world building and it makes things interesting but it's really a uh, a movie about a lot about forgiveness about how you forgive yourself about how others forgive you and how to kind of uh redeem yourself after you've maybe made a bad decision the second screening i went to was the 25th anniversary of Uh, showing of Jurassic Park, the original Jurassic Park. Uh, As many people know, we do have Jurassic World 2 coming out this summer. Um, I don't know if I've spoken about it on the podcast at all, but I was not a huge fan of Jurassic World. I think it missed the point a lot. I think that it didn't really... It was a cash-in. Um, I think they were just like, well, we can just bring Jurassic Park back because everybody loves Jurassic Park. And on some level, they're right. I think that's why Jurassic World was such a monumental success. And surely Jurassic World 2 will at least uh, be a financial success, I think. I think we're going to see huge returns on that movie. But... Uh, Kind of in honor of that, and also with the fact that it's lining up with the 25th anniversary of the original Jurassic Park, the Chicago Critics Film Association worked with Universal to get a pristine 35mm print uh, to show at the festival. Um, As I was talking about before with the whole experience of being in the music box and watching it, I think it was even doubled when I went to this Jurassic Park screening because... You know, you're in this classic movie palace style theater. There's like 300 some seats. I don't know the exact number, but it's like 300 seats. And this was a matinee noon showing, and there were tons of people there with their families, specific, you know, with their kids, and it really allowed me to take in this, you know, feeling. That I felt when I used to go to the movies when I was a kid. Uh, I would look around at all these kids waiting with anticipation for the curtain to come up and the reel to start going. And it was really kind of surreal. It was very strange to be looking at these younger kids being like, man, I remember when I saw Jurassic Park for the first time, how much it blew my mind. Uh, One of the best parts of going to this specific screening, too, was that uh, Eric Childress, who was on the show, he came out and introduced the film. And he gave a really great sort of speech about how this movie really is a landmark in a lot of ways, not just for... Uh, you know, things like special effects, um, or, you know, financially speaking, it was an incredibly successful film. But Jurassic Park is one of those movies that really inspires people to get into filmmaking. And I really liked how Eric pushed that point home, that Hopefully, some he said, hopefully some of the kids, some of the young boys and girls in this audience will watch this movie and want to make movies of their own because Jurassic Park just is one of those movies. And watching it again on this, again, almost pristine 35 millimeter print, I really felt those feelings again. Um, and not to uh, age, you know, not to date myself somewhere, but uh, I was not born when Jurassic Park originally came out, I wasn't born until uh, later that year, so I never saw Jurassic Park in the theater. And there are many people who might be even be listening to this right now who never got the chance to see Jurassic Park in the theater. And I have to tell you, it is truly an experience. Um, it's a movie I've seen a million times, but it still gets you when you're in this, you know, big auditorium. People are reacting. People are, you know, really enjoying this movie. And it really was just a treat, and that brings the whole thing together for me with this uh, film festival. Is that it's not just for the you know people who want to see cutting edge or you know fresh independent cinema. This is a film festival for everybody to discover or maybe rediscover something that they love about cinema and maybe inspire the next generation. So if you have not purchased any tickets to go to any screenings, if you haven't been to any screenings yet, I highly, highly, highly suggest it. Uh, there's plenty more going on even today. Um, and it's going to be going on until the 10th. Uh, Connor and myself are going to be there as much as humanly possible. Uh, cause there's just so much good stuff that we want to see. So thanks very much for listening to this little, little mini. So this little recap of what I saw, um, last couple of days with this film festival again the films are fast color and uh the 25th anniversary screening of jurassic park on 35 millimeter film uh this is tom hush signing off for noco cinema we are your guide to cinema here in the city of chicago and uh we will talk to you very very soon probably at the end of the chicago critics film fest to give some more of our impressions of uh what we saw in the festival in general See you guys later.